0: Hey, I'm Brian. That's James. Hi. Hey, hey. What's going on? I don't know. I'm talking to you on the internet. What's going on with,
1: <laughs> the what's internet is an amazing you? amazing thing, right? I've done <laughs> I feel like I only have virtual friends now during COVID. I've met a lot of people, but only virtually. I know. We should
0: well, we can hang out eventually mm-hmm. someday. I hope one day in one a make believe world. Mm. Um so, I feel like we're going to kind of talk to Each other, obviously, but have the same conversations that I watch you have with other people uh, on your podcast and on your videos. So I'm going to do the exact same thing that you do, which is uh, how about you introduce yourself because you know yourself better than I do. How do you describe yourself to folks?
1: (laughs) I am. I'm starting to adopt uh, a new tagline, which is I teach developers through content. So I think like there's a couple of keywords in there, like the teach part. I've been a teacher in some capacity for past 10 years. I started my career out in evangelism at Microsoft and then didn't do that for a couple of years and realized I missed it. And so I've taught a few boot camps. I've done DevRel at All Zero. um, And now I'm the developer media manager for a lot of our technical content, a lot of our YouTube videos, that sort of stuff. Um, So I teach developers through content of a lot of different forms to YouTube, um, personal channel, have a podcast myself, do content for All Zero. Uh, Just being or joy being a part of the developer community and helping people learn and grow.
0: Yeah. One thing that I, I am actually super interested in talking to you about specifically, like when I was um, prepping for this conversation, like there are lots of, of folks in DevRel who um, you know, who have kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it. There's a blurred line between sort of your professional life and your personal life. Um, but the content is, is you know, the Venn diagram is pretty, overlaps. So like, how do you keep it straight in your head? Like the stuff that you're doing, let's say for Roth 0 versus the stuff that you're doing for yourself. And how does that work? How does that, that, how do you keep them straight? I would get confused super easily.
1: <laughs> yes. In some ways it's, it's tough to separate yeah. them, but in some ways it's like, it doesn't really matter. So here's like, here's a um, extreme scenario. If I, if I were to work for All 0 and in my personal time, I did a bunch of stuff and I became like this really really super famous person and I had the most followers everywhere and people respected the content I did and trusted me and anything that I said they were like I want to do that thing. Like that's directly beneficial for the company, right? Like my audience would carry with me. So in some ways like in that sense, it's great to benefit from both. So I think I think that enables a little bit of overlap where I don't have to stress about it too much, but I do have pretty clean like lines of I don't I don't usually start Uh, my work work until 9 a.m. my time and my wife leaves at 6 30 in the morning so I've got like from 7 to 9 or so where I can just hang out and then work on content so that's like pretty much me time I work on YouTube videos podcasts, things like that Uh, and then I just kind of hard switch into my work day but there is a lot of overlap like the better I get at editing or creating videos in my personal time the better I'm going to be at doing that for all zero the better I get at doing that on all zero time the better I'm going to be on my personal stuff So in that sense, I think there's, there's a lot of natural overlap, but I do, I think the most important thing for me is that like my personal brand is 100% my personal brand. Like all zero is a part of that. And I have no, I love where I am. I have no desire to leave, but if I were to leave, my brand is my brand. Like that's, that's one of the things that's most important to me is keeping that for myself. And then obviously, like I said, it benefits company, um, where I am at the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that is actually a a kind of a theme that I've heard before, like personal, you didn't say personal brand first, but it's kind of like it is that personal brand does sort of travel with you. Um, I think Lori Barth said that uh, mm. in the one episode we did. She was like, it's, it's not exactly kind of one-to-one depending on which mm-hmm. company you go to, but it is, it does sort of help a little bit. Um, you are on a lot of different channels and formats. Um, and I mean that complimentary, I mean, it looks incredibly hard to do uh, when you're sitting down and kind of Help me understand, if not your process, like how do you plan that? Like, or you just wake up one day and say like, you know what, this thought that I had uh, belongs on TikTok or, you know, this belongs, this is a YouTube video or maybe it's both.
1: Yeah, um, so like content for me probably stems most from YouTube. Like that's the thing I'm most dedicated to. So I, mm-hmm. I mostly maintain one video a week on YouTube and people ask like, how do you do so much? Well, the first answer is like, I, I never force myself to do something I don't want to do. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna make myself do a YouTube video if I really don't feel it because then I would get burnt out. Like I, I don't yeah. feel burnt out because it's stuff that I just flat out enjoy doing. And it's just like any other hobby. Like my wife and I have picked up golf in the last year and we play a ton of golf. Like we're kind of obsessed, uh-huh. but it's the same kind of thing. Like that's that's equally as as a hobby as content creation is for me. So it starts from YouTube, but that yeah. starts from a place of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually not as I don't have as much foresight into YouTube videos as people might expect. Like usually it's like the day before or the day of for most of my videos. I have this idea and it's something I want to talk about. The one I published this morning was I was just thinking about like what makes a senior developer. And for me, like that answer became one thing. It's someone that can break down complex problems into smaller achievable ones and then distribute and communicate that to a team. And then I talked about that on camera for five minutes. So like in some ways it's a little easy, right? Like I can get on a podcast and I talk about stuff that I talk about all the time. I can do that video and I talk about stuff that I talk about in career conversations a lot. Um, The interesting thing then becomes like TikTok. That's something I have always wanted to have more of my personality in my content. And I haven't quite had it. Like I, Tutorial videos are pretty much like, hey, I'm James. I'm going to show you how to do a thing and I'll show you how to do a thing. Or I get like sometimes it's a career conversation and I'm a little more passionate, but I don't quite have like the in-depth aspect of my personality that I consider to be like really funny. Like that's kind of my personality with people that I'm having like cu- comfortable with, like friends and family, that sort of stuff. And so I looked at TikTok as a way of like just do something new, do something that's fun and be like as ridiculous with it as I want to. And those are really short too. Like I don't have a whole lot of foresight there either. It's just kind of like what thought did I have and then go and kind of execute on that. But it only takes a couple of minutes to watch. And the last thing I'll say, kind of talking for a little bit, but I think one thing that people over overlook easily when they think about content creation is like every, every thought that you have, every learning that you have, like every single small thing, no matter how small it is, is beneficial for someone. And when you get more comfortable creating content, it's, it's really that realization of like you don't overlook the small things that other people can benefit from. And you start to translate those into videos and TikToks and articles and stuff because it is going to be valuable for someone out there. Yeah, I have the same um, or a similar feeling, right? When um,
0: you think of an idea or some kind of topic that you want to talk about or write about, and I go, well, that's, it's sort of been done. Like, sure, but not yep. every person has seen that one thing, especially mm-hmm. on, on this podcast, you know, it feels like, we, you know, the uh, web dev world is, is big, but it is finite, right? So like, eventually you're going to run out of people to talk to. Like, well, they so I try to come up, or we try to come up with with different kinds of questions, but yeah, same idea. Like, not everyone has heard every minute of every mm-hmm. podcast for everything. Um, so I, and then I can relate to that.
1: Um, yep. And those those yep. different perspectives are... Extremely valuable in and of themselves. So like if I go to research, like I want to learn something new, I don't watch one YouTube video. I don't read just one article like I go and watch several. And so that I think like I'm the perfect example of like always create that thing because you never know who's going to resonate with the way that you explain something or the example that you use more so than they do on uh, on other pieces of content that have been around and maybe very successful for several years. There's always these slight differences that help pick up and kind of paint the bigger picture that you're looking for when you put them together.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, and that's something that actually I learned from having these conversations um, with folks in Devrel is because my first question, um, sort of when we started doing this, was like, um, "Is there a, how much room is there for different instructors for different teachers? Right? Like, is the, and um, it was Jessica Chan who said like, "Well." It really depends on who's right for you. Like it's it's each teacher offers a little bit something different. So I guess what we learned today is everyone's on the same page except for me. Until right now, now I feel <laughs> wiser.
1: Now you're um, now you're
0: on the straightened path. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, good for me. At least when it comes to uh, where at least when it comes to Devrel. Um, so one thing I also did was I went back and I looked at um, kind of what your goals were for 2021. Right. And hard as it is to believe there's only what three months left in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, the two things that stuck out for me was, um, one of your goals was kind of, um, to produce a more kind of consistent brand. Um, so my first question is there, do you feel like you've done that? And then the follow-up question is, or I guess more of our congratulations, right? One of your hard goals was I want to get to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers and you're like, thousand short right now and at the time you were at like twenty thousand so that's really hard to do congratulations <laughs> on that
1: yeah um i guess I'll, I'll take the first one uh about the consistent brand so uh, part of that like i i don't consider myself a designer i can do some basic, basic things and i've always been kind of self-deprecating about it like i i i say not only am i not a designer but i'm bad at design that's one of the things i'm trying to change but at the same time, like even though I don't talk about myself as negatively from a design perspective, I've also recognized that like generating some of the income that I've gotten from content, it will be better for me longer term to invest in someone else that has much more experience and talent at design and branding to put some things together for me. So that was that was part of the that goal was to to basically outsource a lot of work and work with somebody to do a complete brand redesign and the consistency aspect is like I want aspects of that brand to touch every different thing that I do: TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, blog posts. So you, may, it may just be like an animated cue that you see, or just the cue logo, or the red color, or whatever it is. But have that be consistent across the different mediums. And so the like, little bit of details that aren't super relevant. I started working with a designer back in like March and got some good things, and then they like disappeared, like completely ghost. I don't know if there was something. Like, wrong. Like, I can't really make any assumptions there. I just, I had no other contact with that person. And so I was kind of stuck. Like, I'd gotten a good, good amount of things, but I, I wasn't where, I didn't get, like, the the things that I needed in the end. So now working, this is actually really exciting for me. Uh, Amy Dutton is the co-host of the Compressed FM podcast with me. Yep. And she's incredibly talented, like, amazing developer and designer and has done so much work for uh, for the podcast, I've learned so much For her. She's actually working on uh, my redesign now. And we're streaming in a few days from when we're recording uh, to get a first look at what she's done. And so that will be like a complete redesign of my website. We'll come with like some branding assets to do like uh, thumbnails on YouTube, some templates to post like code snippets and things on Twitter. Again, like hitting these different uh, forms of medium and having them share <laughs> colors, fonts, logos, whatever it is. <clears throat> Excuse me that makes sense. So people like, like I've watched other people on Instagram and you see their, their image of their co-sip And you're like, I know who that is without even seeing their name. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing that I want to have. Um, that's the kind of consistency that I, I want to have. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. I hope by the, I mean, by the end of the year, I should be in a pretty good spot with that um, based on the work that, that Amy does. So I just can't wait to see, to see what we've got there and start to incorporate that. And then, yeah, sorry.
0: No, no, I was the, the I guess that for me I, I, I almost which is silly but I did um, I almost took the visual brand part kind of for granted you know like we um, we at Log Rock have a pretty consistent brand but ultimately you know like um, on for, for some of our posts we have like custom illustrations and we did the same thing I found an illustrator um, and th- thankfully he's been he's great and he's been super mm-hmm. reliable and you know for years but if he were to go away. You know, I would be like, Nick, come back. I I don't know. Well, I mean, you would have to find somebody who would like sort of produce this work that he, like it just wouldn't be ideal. So yeah. Um, And then as far as tone and voice goes, I don't know if that's something you think about or it's, that's just kind of, if your brand is how you might normally talk, then maybe it's not a huge, (laughs) not a huge stretch to keep that going.
1: Yeah, like that's probably less of a concern for me, with the exception of kind of what I mentioned earlier of trying to have more personality. So, that was one of the things we actually talked about, Amy and I, and like, what am I looking for and and what do I want to get out of this and what am I trying to get across in my website? And my website right now is like super clean, pretty minimal, Um, Mm. but I want it to have, I want it to be a little more in your face, a little edgier, a little more personality to it. So, that's one of the things that I want to have there. I think there's potentially like some of the tone just super authentic. Like I don't want to, I don't want to have anything formal. I want to have the, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it right now. Um, super informal, I guess just the opposite of formal and super casual and super conversational, like the way I would talk to someone. Um, so that's part of it. And then also, like I said, the, just the personality and the humor. So I think TikTok is a, is a good example of that for me of just really exploring a little bit with, uh, with different kinds of, content different kinds of videos uh being a little more creative and ultimately like mainly focusing on the humor aspect of it like some people will take tiktok and they do like here's three tips for blah 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 and it's in 45 seconds um and that, that sort of stuff is really valuable but i really have like years going back to vine if you remember that app like looked at yeah. these comedians who did funny videos every day and i was like that's just, like amazing to me it's so cool how they're able to get across so much humor in such a little amount of time to the point where you're like coming back and you unfortunately get a little bit addicted and you're scrolling through these things and like probably watching more than you should. But yeah. I, I want to, I want to kind of do that. I want, I would love to have people think of my name and my brand and think of the humor and think about the jokes that I've done and, and resonate to those things.
0: Yeah. I, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I, have I, I, I mean, it's my job to sit and think about how, you know, how web devs where they are, what they're doing, when they're consuming content. Which I don't really like that phrase. Just, I mean, much and I talk about this all too. I don't like content creator either. Um, it just seems weird, like very kind of like <laughs> sterile. Anyways, like I imagine that if someone's on TikTok, you're not there necess- well, You're not really there to learn. Um, or, you know, you're certainly not going to watch like a. An extended coding tutorial because you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that I actually watch it, the more I think that that I am wrong. That maybe you you might be there for entertainment and then like learn by accident. You know, <laughs> like it's funny and then you kind of, oh right, here's a video I could go to um, if I wanted to learn more. Like I'm seeing that more and more, which is kind of interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like you you kind of started to touch on it, the idea of meeting developers. And people where they are, right? Like, who are the people mm-hmm. that your content is going to make the most sense for? For me, it's developers. And that's one of the things I I don't regret. I wish I had more humor that was more relevant to more people because I, I can't really share, like, my TikToks as much with my friends that aren't developers because it's not going to make much sense, right? Like, they can yeah. see. Sure. It's like, it would be like listening to a joke and people are talking in a foreign language and you only get a little bit of it and you laugh anyway to like, cause you, you think it's supposed to be funny based on the way they're talking, but you really don't know. Right. So in some ways I wish I had some more universal humor. Um, but developers is definitely the audience. And, and as they spend time in different places, Twitter spaces is a great example of this Mm. has, has just like, honestly blown up. Like I can't, the first one I was on, which was like really early on in the Twitter spaces realm, was like 800 people live listening, which absolutely blew my mind. Wow! And and people like the, the developer community on Twitter is so big and it's so easy for people to scroll through their phone, see it and just listen in and have it in the background. Um, so that's one of the things that I've I've gotten more into as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think recognizing what people are looking for and then also specifically back to TikTok in that minute span or now, I think you can do three minutes. There's something to be said for like, I just want to see as quickly as possible how you do a thing. Yeah. Like I'm one of the people, content creators, your favorite word, uh, on YouTube debate about like, do I create a long tutorial that's 45 minutes or do I create short content? And YouTube really cares about like how long do people stay on your video? Not necessarily the percentage of minutes watched. But for me, one, it's easier to do shorter videos. And also that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Like if I search for a topic, I'm usually looking for like a 10 minute 10 to 15 minute video, I'm not looking for the hour long one. Cause I just don't have time to sit down and watch the whole thing. So there's a benefit of like those quick hitters that also are valuable in terms of tips and tricks, or here's how I built something like just those you can catch people's attention and have enough in there that gives them maybe the realization that I now I want to go search for a YouTube video uh, to learn a b- little bit more or build something or whatever it is.
0: Hmm. I always wonder um, like, especially when, when we started the Log Rocket channel uh, a couple of years ago, basically just trying to recreate um, the blog on YouTube, right? So just mm-hmm. tutorials. But uh, when we started it, uh, one of the fundamental questions was, who's watching, you know, like a 45 minute coding tutorial? And then, I mean, that was a real serious question. And then we we're mm-hmm. like, I have no idea if people are going to do that and how, but it turns out that for some people, yeah, they, they do that. but. But then I also think that there's a really, um, like you said, there's a big opportunity for like that three to five minute window where it's just like, here's, you know, here's the thing that you need to do. I know you're working on this, whatever it is. I mean, that's how they read our blog posts. I mean, you could just watch Mm -hmm. them kind of scroll just like anyone consumes the internet. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just let me find the actual heading that is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Um, Cool. There might also be, at least for me, there might also be like a correlation between like, experience level as mm. developer. So like I look back at, um, I did a couple of years of evangelism on Microsoft and then I started as a full-time developer at um, FedEx here in Memphis. Mm. And that was new for me. Like I'd never, I'd done lots of demos and things like that, but I'd never written production code. And I was also like just had joined into like the web development ecosystem. I'd never done anything before the summer of 2016 with web development, like never anything. Wow. And so I like, one, I figured out I loved it, so I wanted to learn more and more. But I also was so new to it that I I didn't know how the pieces fit together. So I needed the content that would show me, start to finish. Here's how these pieces fit together. For example, like Traversy Media, Brad Traversy um, is one of the biggest YouTube channels that's out there, and he would do like like every at least a couple of weeks, and he would have these 45-minute or hour-long tutorials, and I would watch I watch everything at two-time speed, which saves me a little time. But I would watch those because I was like, from start to finish, I, I don't know how these things fit together yet. And probably a little bit of a difference now is like I'm experienced enough to know, like even if you tell me there's this brand-new technology, it does this, like I don't need too many specifics about that thing to understand how it can fit in with other things that I might be working with. And so I don't necessarily need the whole picture. Now I'm a little more comfortable with I need to know how to do this one specific thing and maybe that's part of the reason why I'm specifically looking for just 10 to 15 minute videos to get that one specific thing done.
0: Yeah. Um, little known fact, Brad Traversy and I went to third grade together. So, we're nice. Pretty, we're pretty close although his Nice. I'm a little disappointed that my accent dissipated over the years, and his Boston accent is strong. And I'm like, every time "stage strong," and I'm like, yes. "God!" And it's a shame that I let that one go. Hey, Brad, if you're yes. listening, <laughs> remember third grade. It was a great time. Um, the best of times. I he doesn't remember. I actually brought it up with him. He's like, "I have no idea who you are." What? Are you? I'm like, Trust <laughs> me, I remember. I know you were. Th- our town was like a thousand people. You were definitely mm-hmm. there. He, he doesn't remember, right. um, and that's fine. I'm not personally (laughs) wounded by it at all. Um, okay. So the next thing that I just kind of wanted to talk about for a second is like, that is a, your YouTube channel, your personal YouTube channel and the, and the growth you've seen over the last year, like that is, um, kind of incredible. Is it, do you feel like you've done anything specific to make that happen? Or were you, were you just kind of blessed by the YouTube algorithm?
1: Definitely, definitely some of both. And I think that's kind of the epitome of, Mm -hmm. Of YouTube, But I want to start with something that it's one of my it's a topic that I'm passionate about. And it's the idea of like most people say like you shouldn't compare yourself because everybody's journey is different. Like every everybody learns differently. Everybody grows on uh, YouTube or an audience or something differently, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But I take a little different stance of like I 100 percent compare myself to others. And I think it's really beneficial for me and content creation of my career and things like that. But the caveat to that is that I do it with respect for myself. So I, I compare myself to others with the understanding that everybody does have their own journey and it's not a one-to-one. But I never, ever in my entire life would have set the goal of this year getting to 100,000 followers had I not seen people do it in the previous year. Yeah, And it was kind of hard for me, right? Like I, I had been, I started doing YouTube videos, like not super intentionally, but seven or eight years ago when I was at Microsoft. I then took a few years off and I came back and it's been like, three, maybe four years that I've been doing videos consistently, like probably three. Um, I'd have to go back and check exactly. But let's say I've been doing it, like taking it seriously for three years. And I look at like a few people started their channel during COVID or right before, and they got to 100,000 followers. And some of me, like this is the natural reaction. And I'll be honest, it's it's jealousy. And like, what am I doing wrong? And it's those natural things. And it's the imposter syndrome that people feel. But at the same time, like you can take that and be respectful of yourself and realize that like, okay, maybe I have to do things a little bit differently. Maybe I should be a little more introspective, retrospective or whatever, and figure out what I can do to try to get more reach for the stuff I create while understanding that that sort of growth is possible. Like I said, I'd never in my life would have given myself the goal of a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube this year, had I not seen other people do it. So the things that like I changed and I, it's, it's a delicate balance of like this idea of like clickbait titles and thumbnails. And so the thing, I think there's a lot, like a lot of people say, if you just create content consistently, the audience will grow. And that's true to a certain extent, but also yeah. like if you just create the same type of content and it's not doing some of the small things, you're, you're not really going to exponentially grow. And that's what it's been for me in the past year. Of experimenting with titles, experimenting with thumbnails, paying really close attention as I get a little edgier, a little clickbaity, of how people respond to it. Because the minute I have a bunch of dislikes or negative comments, I'm going to change. Like I'm not like I've I've gone too far, so yeah. I'm kind of experimenting with being a little edgier, a little clickbaity, or paying attention to am I still providing value? Are people still enjoying it? And those are the types of things that have led to a couple of like viralish videos that have drastically changed. Uh, the trajectory of the channel. And I've heard this like in watching videos in the past of like, it just takes one of those spikes and you never know. And for years I was like, well, am I just not capable of doing that? Am I never going to get one? Is that not going to happen? But the more you put out good content, the consistency, but then also do some of those tweaks to help bring people into your stuff, the more likelihood, the more chance you have of having some of those viral videos, which then lead to growth and subscribers. And so it's been like maybe five videos in the last year that have really done the majority of of the growth from, I think it was 30 at the beginning of the year to now 98, and then uh, we'll close in on 100 in the next week or two, which oddly enough, I feel like will specifically be one of the biggest accomplishments I've ever had because it's something I've, one I never thought was possible until the last couple of years, maybe specifically this year, probably. Mm. And then it's a goal, like I'm accomplishing something that, I have thought about over the course of five years, for example. Yeah. So that I think will be one of the coolest things I've ever done.
0: Like I said, I, um, as someone whose job it is to like set, uh, numbers goals and then hit those goals. Like I know how hard it is. And I, when I saw that, um, earlier today when i was watching and i was like wow he's at 20 and then i was just like well what is he at now (laughs) oh wow he's he's real early on that um i guess you just stop at a hundred thousand, right you just that's it you you hit it and then you're done um (laughs) the i think the biggest kind of um something you said made me think of uh, this like the biggest open secret or misconception i i think is that um developers are are Immune to clickbait stuff. Um, that's not true. But the caveat is, um, you actually have to deliver. Once they're there, mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to come back more so than anyone yep. else. Like it's like, okay, well, I'm never returning to this to this channel because I was duped. So
1: yep, that's not that's, for you. That's why I that, can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. You can't mislead. Um, yep. and I do a lot of prefacing. And some of my videos, like one in particular recently, um, I had I was talking about. I do lots of VS Code videos, and I like it never fails. Like I get someone in the comments that's like, "Well, um, uh, web Webstorm is that right? Webstorm the editor, text oh, editor, yeah. that's yeah. right." Uh, someone in the comments every time is like, "Well, Webstorm has had this feature for twenty years, and they've been doing this for blah blah blah." I'm like, "Cool, that's that's great." um but like these are different products at different stages of their life and they serve slightly different purposes although they have a lot of overlap and so i created a video that i was never it was never intended to be me telling you which one is better and this is this is my way of like using clickbait but also delivering on what i'm saying because i'm not telling you like the title was not which one of these is better because i don't believe that like i i'm one of those people that looks at both sides and there's always like give and take there's there's rarely for me a definitive answer and i certainly wouldn't want to tell people out there like this one is definitively better because you can't prove that so the title was like web or um vs code versus Webstorm. five things you need to know so like as you compare them here are five facts here are things that are true that you need to know to understand how they're different and why they're different And take that into account. If you're going to leave comments on my channel that continually tell me how amazing WebStorm is and how it's had features for all these years, you need to understand these things. So I think that was like you start to get a better marketing brain of seeing what people are going to respond to. But also, again, at the end of the day, staying true to what you're promising in the title and the thumbnail and providing that value and gauging that based on comments and likes versus dislikes. And if those things dip, like I probably will get to a point where I'll, I'll push a little too much, and then I'll back off a little bit, and that's just part of the experiment.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a place for, um, I don't know. I guess we'll call it controversial content, where like you you're you have you have a message, but you're also sort of looking to um, spark a discussion, mm-hmm. um, and in that way, you can kind of be you know very declarative when your title. Like this is. I'm trying to think of an example that that we've done recently um i find that that um <laughs> that rust topics are the ones that get people the most uh, fired up i don't know what it is about rust yeah. developers but they're super <laughs> passionate super passionate um but sometimes you know you'll get in the comments and and we'll hear all the ways that we're wrong And, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel bad for a second, like, wow, we really are terrible at our jobs. But then you just kind of go back and go, wait a minute, I wasn't wrong. You're just really passionate about me being wrong. So that it turns out, but you're not like, it is a, it is more complex. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a lesson from being on the internet,
1: which is, I've I've had a few, few of those recently. One in particular was I did. So I have a a Friday stream called learning quick where I have guests Uh on and like learning can be used in the South inappropriately to say like teaching someone, like I'm going to learn you something. Uh, I don't gotta, actually yeah. say that, but it's, so it's a double entendre of I'm learning fast. I'm learning quickly. Um. And also someone is learning me. They're teaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring on guests and I had um, uh, Kyla Gregory talk about doing a late career change. And I think she, I think she said she was in her mid thirties. And so the title on the thumbnail that she chose was late career change. Great. Like such a perfect topic that lots of people are interested in. And, and I had this one person go on like four or five posts, like four or five comments explaining to me how clickbaity that was, which this is the least clickbait title I've ever had because mid thirties doesn't constitute a late career change. And so we go back and forth and I'm like, you're arguing with me over semantics. And then he wrote this long response and I'm like semantics again. Like I'm done with this conversation. Like I'm not going to argue with you over semantics. Like if you interpret that differently, fine. But I think one of the things I've become more and more comfortable with, so with growth, you get more negativity, right? But I get tons of like overwhelming positivity. So most of it's positive. Yep. But just by sheer um, percentages, you get like with higher volume, you get more negativity. And the thing that I like really focus on, and this is in life, like outside of outside of that as well, is like if I say something that offends you or, or makes someone mad or whatever, I first look at like what was my intent in doing that? And, and I always, I try to listen. Like, I, I want that to be like, if there's feedback, I need to take it. Some of it, you just learn to disregard because it's not relevant. Some of it, there's something to actually do differently. So everything is potential feedback. But in that scenario, like he was saying, this is a clickbait title, blah, blah. And introspectively, like I'm looking at like, I, this was the least clickbait thing I've ever done on my channel. Like, I don't expect these videos. I know they don't do near as well as my regular ones because they're just posting a live stream. That's yeah. not at all what my intent was, and and you're also one person who was very passionate about trying to tell someone that they're wrong, like you said. And so at that point, it's like ignore, right? Like i I am comfortable with what my intent was. My intent was to make this content accessible for other people who wanted to watch it, to support the person, thank them for coming on to my stream, have that content available for other people to watch, and I had no negative intent there. So it's easy for me in those situations to look at that first and potentially walk away and not, not be too bothered by it. Yeah. Sometimes
0: that happens to to us as well. Um, like if we, if one, if some post or some piece of content, you know, makes it to the, to the front page of hacker news somewhere in the comments, it'll be like log rocket, you know, is what it, my favorite one is always uh, <laughs> is that they're blatantly uh, mm-hmm. participating in inbound inbound marketing or content marketing. And I, I never reply, but I'm always just like, yeah, that's, you figured it out. Like, that is yeah. correct. Like, that is, <laughs> yes, that is the, this is a, I mean, you're not paying anything. It is free. Um, yep. That is what's happening. Um, but, I mean, the trade off again is it has to be good or else no one's going to read it. So, you know, but I do yeah. always kind of get a good, a good chuckle at that. Like, yeah, that's, we have to keep the lights on somehow. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyways. Um, okay. Well, the sort of the last set of the last topic I want to hit actually is like how much you had mentioned earlier that um, it's hard to ignore other people and kind of in your space. So whether it's, you know, I wish that, that, you know, I could do with what they do or, you know, maybe a little bit of, of jealousy, just that's normal. Um, Do you ever intentionally look at, at uh, other folks in um, DevRel for either inspiration or I found out the other day that there's like a top secret, Devrel Discord channel or something like that, where everyone, all of the famous YouTubers get together and chat with each other. Do you know what I'm
1: talking about? It's, and can I get an invite? <laughs> so it's it's meant. It, assuming we're talking about the the same one. So there's, I hope uh, there's so I
0: hope there's like dozens because <laughs> so ma- that would be so great. There's yeah. so many
1: that you're excluded from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's one that is programming YouTubers or or something like that that I am in. It's a Discord, which I it's probably what you're talking about. It, it doesn't start from like. DevRel specifically, it just is it started from like YouTube and YouTube programmers, as the title says. Yeah. Which is is not like publicly, like average, Like we're not out there sharing with everyone to come join us, but we, we have invited tons of people over, I don't know, the last several months. And it's just people that create content. Um, so if you're interested in that, I could definitely send you an invite. But I will say like from, from my perspective of like one, definitely having imposter syndrome and looking at other people and wondering what I'm doing wrong and why they're doing so much good stuff. Um, the other aspect of this is how amazing that community is. Like if I, if I had to shout out a community other than one that like I put on myself, that is the number one community that I'm in because people are sharing like they're sharing their process, they're sharing tips and tricks. They're sharing how much money they get from the sponsors. So we like we know what other people are getting. Um, and that helps us like advocate for ourselves. Like, I can't tell you, we probably charge so much more collectively because other people in the, in the discord are like, you're not charging what you're worth. So it's that sort of like affirmation. It's that sort of like, um, sharing of knowledge. We also have like a monthly mastermind chat where we, sometimes we have topics. Sometimes we just hang out and chat. We ask questions about best practices, again, tips and tricks, how to work with sponsors, like so many different things. And we have people from. All different stages, like people that are less than a thousand subscribers or around that point, up to Brian Travis is in there with his million five or, or whatever he's up to. Um, so, assuming that's what you were hearing about, that does exist. It is an amazing community, and if you're interested, uh, just let me know after, and I'll send you an invite. Nice. I don't know that I'll have much to to contribute, but at least I'll have stuff to talk about
0: on on this mm-hmm. podcast they'll tell everyone listen you didn't get an invite but i did and here's the things that i saw i get kicked out so fast and i would deserve it (laughs) (laughs) um okay so what i usually do now i mean kind of towards the end is um ask what it's so hard i I mean even just asking the question but even just looking at like what people's titles are who work in DevRel, right? Like they are, they seem to change kind of a- annually. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, do you, do you think about kind of the future? Like what, yeah. what does that mean? Or is it, it it kind of like individuals with their own brand kind of, I don't want to say freelancing, but kind of moving about as they see fit, like whatever, whatever it is that kind of speaks to them. It's a really long question. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to piece it all together. So yeah. Like thinking maybe part of that is like what's the future of DevRel? And then maybe the other side of that, like what's the what's the future of like more individual content creators, personal brands, that sort of stuff? Maybe
0: a more concise way to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, I think I think DevRel is is like definitively growing, I would say. Like I think more and more companies recognize the benefit of it. More and more companies are investing in it, especially now like in a in a virtual world, it's it's different because we we don't have as many opportunities to be in person with people. I talked about like all of my friends now are are made virtually during COVID. Um, there's a big difference in being being at a conference like in person and doing the hallway track and like going out to dinner with people. So that that sort of stuff obviously will will come back, but I think there will be a mixed environment of like a lot of conferences will probably be hybrid because like the benefit of COVID, if I can say that, like. Without being too insensitive, is like we've gotten more creative of how we do online stuff. Like more things are more accessible to more people because we've had to be, and that's kind of cool by itself. I still can't wait to be back in person, but I think like DevRel teams have grown; they're going to continue to grow. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that um, from the perspective of when I was in college before I randomly came across this job as a technical evangelist at Microsoft. I had no idea that this world existed, right? Like you go and if you do a, if you do a degree studying computer science, software engineer, right? Like that's what you hear. That's what you apply for. That's what you see. That's kind of all, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you can marry up these other skills and interests, like talking to people, like being an extrovert, although a lot of people would say they're introverted, but you have the ability to like marry up these other skills that you may have kind of ignored and pushed aside and didn't even think were a possibility. So from that perspective, I'm excited to have more opportunities for people to do more blending of what makes them them and what unique skills and things they can bring to the table. And then from the like external content creator perspective, you see more and more people doing that too. And I think that's such an empowering thing because never, never before in history have we had the ability to make a living on our own. Like it's never been this accessible to do that on our own. And you look at like, yes, it's taken a lot of hard work and years for me to get to 100,000 followers on YouTube that also like I make money off of YouTube ads. I make money off sponsors, right? But that stuff doesn't replace what I get in a salary. So I'm in a, a very um, nice situation, like um, comfortable situation to have a salary and also have side income. But people look at Look at that and it's just such an empowering thing to think that like your skills and your personality and your brand can be a career and you can do that and run with it. And it may be full time. It may be uh, like a full time job and, and a part time thing, but you have more ability to do what makes you excited that you're passionate about and do less of the stuff that you don't, I feel like than ever before. And so I think we will see like in the past year, we've obviously seen, I have obviously seen more and more content creators kind of come out of nowhere with really amazing things. And more and more people are getting started. More and more people are sharing. That's just beneficial for the community as a whole. And I think that's going to continue to grow as well and have a really, really positive impact on a lot of people's lives from both the person that's creating and, and becoming that empowered person to create themselves and the people that are consuming because there's more resources now than there's ever been as well.
0: No, I I like, I like what you said because I, I, I personally really enjoy seeing like, you know, people, um, who are just starting out and you can kind of tell like, and you can even just over the, over just running into their content over the course of, you know, just a few months, you can see them kind of improve. You can see that they're sticking Mm -hmm. with it. You can see, and they're from everywhere. Like it's really cool. Um, I do see you see lots of content for for people who want to get started as a developer. Um, maybe there's an opportunity for like how to, to get started as um, you know someone in DevRel. I'm not sure. You would know certainly better than I. Like I, I'm not sure how exactly that would work. Um, but
1: there's been on. there's yeah. definitely been more efforts in that really? regard too. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give another shout out. Happens to work with me. Uh, but, like, a completely well deserved shout out, regardless of our working together. Uh, Sam Julian has mm. developer micro skills, and that's a newsletter that he runs. And he goes through a lot of that stuff, like, some of it specifically how do I get into DevRel? But a lot of it's just like, as a developer, regardless of developer, developer advocate, et cetera, you're more than just writing code, it's communication and career progression, and how do you. Um, how do you learn? How do you prioritize your time? How do you optimize the time and become more efficient with the things that you do? Like there's so many of those micro skills that go along with that and have a significant impact on, on people's career that isn't given the attention to your point that, um, that it could be. And I think we're, I think we're seeing more of that was the, was the first point. And then specifically, uh, a shout out for Sam and the content that he's done with his newsletter and some Um, I think he released an ebook on a guide to tiny experiments thinking about like a lot of, a lot of companies practice agile and, and culturally a lot of them still don't quite believe in it. Like the, the idea of failing and the idea of like trying stuff to see what happens and iterating from there. It's still, still not really bought in in a lot of places. Um, So that's kind of what, what that's about as well is like, how, how do you just experiment with stuff and use that to influence? Where do you go next based on success or failures? And, and, What's the, I can't, I don't know what the word, like leveling out failures to whether or not I'm struggling with English anyways, making failures, not be failures. They're just learning opportunities and then uh, build on it from there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I don't think that I've worked for a company that like every, every place I've worked, I've always said like, well, do you, do you do agile? And it's like, well, we sort of do agile. We do <laughs> some kind of, so it's like, I, I feel like that's a normalized thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, man. I think that's. Those are the questions I have for you. We have talked about other, you know, other people you want to shout out, but this is normally the time where we reserve for plugs. I don't know if there's anything you want to, or somebody, or something. Or where should we send people?
1: Sure, uh, James quick on YouTube and TikTok. I have to make sure to include TikTok now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel weird doing a podcast on a podcast, but compress.fm is the podcast that I run uh, with Amy Dutton, who again like public shout out. Amy's awesome and people should go follow her for development and design uh, things. And uh, I guess lastly is uh, learn, build, teach is the discord that I run with several of the community members. And that's kind of a philosophy in in my life as well that we didn't talk about. Spend a lot of time learning. Obviously we have to in tech because it's ever changing. Use what you learn to build stuff. And then at the end of the day, teach people to do it too because you help the community and then also reinforce the things that you uh the things that you know or that you thought you know and realize that you didn't know them as well as you thought as you go to try to explain them to other people. Uh, so learn build teach is a philosophy and uh, and a Discord. And if you go to learnbuildteach.com right now we will redirect you to the to the Discord invite. Cool.
0: And obviously we'll put all the links in the various descriptions of the places that you will find podcasts and this video. Sounds good. Cool. That's it. We're
1: done. Thanks so much for coming yeah. on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. Find us at PodRocketPod Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at Logrocket.